0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to The Athlete Angle. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. We're jumping back into my conversation with one of my best friends, Caitlin Holmes. We continue to discuss what building a foundation looks like, why it's important to be your authentic self, and how finding good community is a continuous journey. Caitlin gives us insight on how she manages her freedom as an adult post-sport and what it looks like to maintain balance in her life. We talk about how to build grace into your life, especially during those first few years of retirement and the importance of perspective in the process. Caitlin and I talk a lot about joy and not letting comparison steal that joy. Joy is so important when it comes to those first few years outside of your sport. This is your discovery season of life where you're just learning who you are outside of your sport again and finding joy in the little things and not comparing your journey to somebody else's is incredibly important Caitlin has a fantastic quote that she says towards the end of this episode so you're gonna want to hear it but I'll give you a little sneak peek she says I love photography and a lot of the reason I don't do that anymore is because of comparison just start just start and just do it really just don't let it steal your joy what's up guys welcome to the athlete angle i'm your host mc bell do you feel like you're walking aimlessly through life after sports do you feel lost without your sport and unsure of how to find confidence in your purpose it's like the second you hung up your cleats or walked off that field you've been drifting ever since well I'm here to tell you that you are not alone, my friends. You are one of thousands of student and professional athletes that struggle with transitioning into life after sports. Join me this week as we work to unravel the confusing journey of life post-sports, gain clarity in your purpose, and find confidence in your identity so you can flourish in life after sports. Let's dive in. What do you do with the realization that there are no more goals to reach? There are no more achievements for you to be had. You know, there are no more games for you to go to nothing. There are no more games for you to pitch at no more records to break. It's done. Like you're completely done with your sport. How do you, how do you sit with that?
1: Yeah, man, MC that's like putting me back into that time when you like walk off the field for the last time. And Man, nobody prepares you for that emotional time, but no one's even thinking about it. Like no one wants to think about it being possibly their last game. But I think really in the middle of your career, really thinking about like what skills you're really learning from your sport that you can take with you for the rest of your life. I think that was one of my biggest reflections that I sat with a lot was what did I do in softball? Like what were the bigger whys that I could transition into what I was doing in the workplace? I think when I graduated college, I naturally picked up coaching because um, I thought that was kind of the only way to hold on to softball and like still use that gift, um, which was great. I loved coaching and it was such a give back factor. And I think everyone should coach a little bit If they have the opportunity, Um, you learn a lot there too, because you're helping the next generation learn how to play and be a better athlete than you were. And so I think that honestly, that transition of putting the perspective of, you know, as a coach, you're not playing the sport, you're responsible for these kids to learn something outside of the sport, right? Right we all play a sport and I think we get so caught up in the performance of the sport and not so much the characteristics behind the player. And so I think those characteristics are why athletes are so great in the workplace. And so it's like, if, if we can focus in on those groups of athletes that are so great at their sport and are a great team player, they're going to kill it in their workplace. If they know how to transition those same skills into a corporate scenario or into their photography business, Um, really just taking it as the characteristic or the life lesson that you learned in the sport and apply that in your real world scenarios. So I think that's what I really started doing was like, okay, I'm coaching now these girls, it's just a game. Like, why are they getting so wrapped up in it? And then I'm like, hold on, Caitlin, you were the biggest critic there with that. Like you beat yourself up over something that's so small at the end of the day. And I think a lot of people get caught up in the performance-based mindset, right? We're always chasing the next step, getting better, getting better. And it's like, hold on and really focus in on why you're doing what you're doing rather than the the action or the result of your performance
0: it's almost like falling in love with the process and slowing down enough to enjoy it rather than trying to chase the next achievement or the next stat or the next record and bypassing that entire you know however long it took you to get there it could be months it could be days it could be years but no one remembers, like you remember the achievements for sure, but it is like minuscule compared to the rest of the journey that you just had to get there. Those are the moments I feel like I lie awake at night and I remember and I go back and think, wow, I am really proud of myself for doing that. I used to be able to run (laughs) maybe one day again, 90 (laughs) minutes a game flawlessly, like totally fine. Some of the best moments that I've had on my teams is but in like high school and club team, like there are so many amazing memories that I have now from that. But I think I wasn't able to think about that until a little bit later in life a few years out, because I hadn't really made peace with my career ending yet. And I also agree with you, I still struggle with trying to put my performance or connect my performance with my identity, but you were saying that you, instead of it being softball, you almost interchanged it with your job or whatever task you were doing. How did you, or have you been able to learn a better way to not attach your performance to your identity now?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of it came with um, failure. Like I said, I would interchange Um, that identity piece with oh I am a marketing coordinator or I'm this guy's girlfriend or I'm trying to be a realtor you know there's so many things you can plug into that Um, so I think a lot of it has to do with your values and your foundation of how you want to live your life for me I that's when I really decided like what, why am I on this earth? What is the root cause of living in order to understand my performance? So it's like, who am I performing for? You know, like really attacking the root of that because it was like the scenario every time of I'm performing, I'm performing, I'm putting on this performance. That's not what life is. I think a lot of it came down to really assessing What I believed in, what did I want to root my foundation of life off of? And a lot of those were lessons I learned in sports. You know, my hard work, uh, I still do that, but I just learning boundaries at work um, and in your personal life, um, and then really finding out what your values are as a human. And for me, I go to church now and I believe in Jesus Christ and all those good things. So I think really diving into the bigger why of your day to day will really help with that too. And really understanding who you are, isn't what you do. And those are two separate things. And I think as athletes we're taught, you are an athlete period and not so much anything else. I don't know if that's how you feel too, but I think a lot of the t- a lot of my friends, we get so caught up in our sport and that that's that, what that's us, you know, that's what we're rooted in.
0: Yeah. Wow. I also obviously am a believer. I'm still learning how to not associate my performance with my identity. And remember that my identity being, in Jesus there's no room for performance because i'm not performing for god i'm not i don't have to because jesus already did everything for me perfectly and i can just be who i am and participate in my faith and have a relationship with god and that's enough it's definitely countercultural i think to especially in i think american society or maybe just more in western culture that you're not who what you do you are a being and not a doing. And it's hard to define that because there, it's not like you have a crowd of people around you, and that's the status quo. Like it's very countercultural and it's unique. but it it also, I think leaves room for you to be authentically yourself, which maybe isn't something that you get when you're an athlete. You are a player and you are unique as a player. But I don't I <laughs> feel like I struggle to. Understand if people are really able to know who they are authentically outside of just this one, you know, phase of their life or sliver of their life. Preach it because authenticity
1: is something everyone wants in their life, I think, or at least we crave. Uh, Everyone wants to be who they want to be and have the freedom to do so. And so I think that's why, like, learning what your foundation and your values and your beliefs are is so important because. In relationships, even dating relationships, friendships, you know, if you don't know that piece, then it's going to waver. It's going to, you're going to naturally look like whoever you're around because you don't know who you are. And so I think that's where I struggled coming out of college. I didn't know who I was. So I was naturally just putting up with whatever was around me at the time, that whether that would be in toxic relationships or if friends that I didn't need to hang out around anymore because they weren't bettering uh, my life as an individual. And so I think really finding your sense of identity really helps with that disassociation of the performance base because you're like why am i doing that like i i am who i am and that's not going to waver because of anything around me and i can authentically show up as who i am no matter if i suck at my job today or not like i'm going to be appreciated just for being me and showing up and i think doing that is something a lot of people struggle with because they don't know who they are as as an individual. And so it's so freeing when you know who you are and you can stand firm in that and let everything else fall off because you are so strong in your foundation of what you believe and you know who you are.
0: How did attracting the right kind of community help you with transitioning out of your sport? I
1: think finding your community is a continuous path. You know, you'll always have the friends from college, and I'll always have the teammates that I will literally keep up with forever. But naturally, you co- go through different life stages, and some friends phase out, and it's not something someone did. It's just like different phases of life. And um, naturally, you just don't get to speak anymore. But I think a lot of it is assessing how you want to live your life and not not settling for anything less than that. And you're never asking for too much. Um, I think when people don't have expectations, um, and kind of like standards of what they want, then they're just going to naturally, uh, fall off. So with friends, if you, if you hang out with people that don't ever text you back or aren't, trying to go do productive things, then naturally your life's going to go that way. I had to learn the hard way of like, who you are, who you surround yourself with. And um for a long time, I didn't know how to make friends because I was always forced to be friends with the people around me. So it was like, <laughs> in the real world, you're like, okay, well, I guess I'll be your friend because you're here. And it's like, you have the freedom to have friends. And If you don't like know who you are, you're just naturally going to settle for the people that you just wind up to be around. Finding who you are and then finding people that want to do kind of align with your same values and your same goals um, is how we can grow our community and grow each other and hold each other accountable to to those goals and to who you are as a person. And finding community is hard. It's Mm -hmm it's showing up authentically and being vulnerable and people's feelings are fragile. You're going to hurt people's feelings. Like we're going to fail each other, but it's like how you forgive and move on from that. And just really trusting into your community to call you out and help you reach the goals that you want to reach. The options are endless. And so life's hard and finding your people uh, can be hard as well. So A lot of it has to do with consistency and not being afraid to be turned down uh, like on hanging out and matching schedules as adults is a lot harder than it was in college. And so really making sure you're not projecting your hurts onto anyone else and just really assessing, you know, we all have our own lives and that's okay. And we're just here to build each other up at
0: the end of the day. That's so good. I think it's good to mention that you're using the skills that you learned in your sport, like being consistent with finding community and persevering through that because it's not easy to find a good group of people. You almost feel like you're doing interviews all the time of, okay, can I be around this person? Do we match up on the way that I would, you know, would call this person a close friend and grit, honestly. And I honestly think it comes down to grit too. You need all three of those things in any sport to be, And I mean, and discipline, if I could go down the list, I'll go down the list, but and discipline, but you need, (laughs) (laughs) you need those things to be successful in your sport. But I think it's a, it's good to note that you still need those same skills. You just need to learn how to apply them in a different situation. And that is being, you know, quick on your feet, which you're also taught as an athlete how to be quick on your feet and mold to certain circumstances, I wanted to go back. You said freedom. How did you manage having so much freedom? Because oftentimes it could be a plus where you have all this newfound freedom. You don't have things, you know, clogging up your schedule. You're not having to go to practice, to classes, study hall, food, travel, jumping on the bus or the plane or whatever, however you got places. You know, your summers are free. You have your entire, like you have full autonomy now, which is crazy to think that you don't get that until after you're, you pretty much are done being an athlete. Uh, But there's also can be a negative side of it where you don't know what to do with that freedom. And that's almost where I feel like uh, maybe a lot of former athletes get stuck because they're used to all the structure and routine and they knew what they were going to do a year from now and now they don't. It kind of feels like your life is full of uncertainty and you don't really know what direction to take. Did you feel like you struggled with both of those or was that something that kind of hit you immediately or what was your experience with that?
1: Yeah, you make a really good
0: point. Um, I feel
1: like in college, you do not really have freedom as a college athlete. I mean, summers, you can go do some stuff, but um, as far as being in semester, you are busy and um, freedom is very rare. Um, So when I graduated, that's one of the first thing things I noticed was the amount of time I had and time is money naturally being um time is money
0: um,
1: (laughs) it is and so naturally when I got out of college I went the toxic route and decided oh I'll just work three jobs you know like I have all this free time like let me just work myself into the ground I have all these hobbies like let me let me work them all like it'll be so much fun I'll make so much money Um, so I got a part-time marketing job and then I decided to coach high school softball. And then on top of that, I decided to, uh, be a private pitching coach as well. So
0: naturally,
1: um, I did not accept freedom as an answer. I said, let me fill that schedule real quick. And so (laughs) I took it into, you know, my own hands and was like, I don't want freedom. Like, I will not accept freedom. I am busy. And so I filled my, my calendar up. Like I did not like having a day where I didn't have something to do. And so- It gives you
0: anxiety. Yeah,
1: I think that's where my type A really started to kick into play. I was like, I have to have five months planned out. Like I have all these lessons, you know? And so it's like, I was making good money but I was also stressing my body out and not getting to go do workouts. And then on top of that, I wasn't working out every day and nobody teaches you really nutrition. So on top of that, I I was working all these hours, not working out. And then on top of that, just eating like I was in college, which if if you're anything like me in college, I I could eat whatever I wanted because I was working out three times a day. Mm -hmm. And so as as an adult, you have freedom in your time, in your money and you're working out and what you eat. And so I think I let all four of those go in their own direction. And I really had to learn how to value my time and time is money. And so really assessing like wow, my, my body, I need to take care of it. I need to start working out. I need to enjoy working out and I need to feel my body and not just eat whatever I want. Like I'm not, I can't do that anymore. So really learning how to time block, really put time for yourself and then allow, you know, allow rest. Mm. Um, That's another thing that athletes don't learn is it's okay to rest and it's okay to have a day where you don't have plans and you sleep in or, you know, you literally don't plan anything for the weekend. Like that's okay. And I think as athletes, you know, you're so used to chasing the chaos that you don't accept rest. You don't, you don't think you need it and you do in fact need it. And I think it's (laughs) crucial as an adult to accept rest and accept that, you need that time to just sit and be with yourself and have quiet time. And Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of where you're able to pour out into your work and really just be who you are every day is when you are evaluating your time accordingly.
0: Yeah, that is such a good point. There's a practice in Christianity, which you know is the Sabbath and I had a pastor that was, that taught it to me when I was just becoming a Christian And he said to start your week with rest and that you work from that rest. You don't work to rest. You work from it. And that was a game changer for me because I think when I was in college and, and just naturally, like, I mean, I have a very. You know, ambitious personality too, and pretty extrovert. Not pretty, I'm very extroverted.
1: <laughs> As the introvert in the group, yes,
0: you weren't very extroverted. <laughs> it was almost like I was chasing adrenaline, and if I wasn't, you know, on this adrenaline kick, or like almost like this, yes, there's those addictive highs, but I, I felt like I was just living off of adrenaline. And that I just could go and go and go and I didn't have to stop. And then when I graduated college, I was exhausted, not even just physically. It was like a mental, emotional, you know, spiritual exhaustion that I was like, I don't have anything left. I i literally what I thought I wanted to do, I don't want to do. And in hindsight, thank goodness, because I wouldn't have taken That next year to really just stop and learn how to rest and learn, okay, this kind of sucks. I feel like I'm a huge failure. I'm not where I thought I wanted to be. I'm not doing what I thought I wanted to do. I didn't achieve the goals that I had coming out of college. But I'm also learning to be okay with it because I feel better. Like I feel like I'm learning about myself I'm reassessing, like you said, my values and what I want to believe in and what I want to chase and why am I chasing it? And who am I doing it for? And am I being authentic? And am I being myself? And if I don't know how to do that, am I learning to be disciplined in that and and learning to be motivated intrinsically and not rely on people outside of my own, you know, outside of myself to you know, Mm -hmm. get me going and like, keep me going, which in college, even if you're not an athlete, like you always have teachers and other, you know, school staff kind of encouraging you and pushing you in directions and helping you cultivate your dreams. And that's what they're there for. But yeah, that like that season was so pivotal for me because I wouldn't have learned what it meant to rest, you know, and I would have never stopped to think, okay, what am I doing with myself and why am I doing this? I was just on this constant adrenaline train where I was just, I was a freight train that was not going to stop. And so- I don't know. That's burnout. Yeah. That's the two no. words I was looking for is burnout.
1: <laughs> I I totally agree with you though. Like, um, I think a lot of the times as athletes, we can't accept rest or peace because we're so used to the chaos of our sport and life and just like keeping up and getting to the next thing. I joke with my boss a lot that like, I can't always like be where I'm at. Like I always need to see what's next. Like I'm ready to get there. Like, I just want to get there. And one day she was like, Caitlin, you have plenty of years to get there. Like, just enjoy where you're at and like, focus on your processes every day. And I was like, okay, but that's like really calm. And it's really boring sometimes. And Yeah, she, it is. And she's like, welcome to just the daily life. And there's a word for it, but I can't think of it right now. But man, it it's crazy when you're like, wow, I've been so used to chaos my whole life that I've mistaken that for my peace. And so just really making sure that you're not chasing chaos and that you're accepting the rest and the peace is a big learning curve, especially coming out of college.
0: Yeah. It's almost like you're learning what your your equilibrium is. You've almost, I mean, I know people can't see my hands, but it's almost like you were at a hundred for four years Then you dropped off that hundred mark and now you're at like, I wouldn't say you're at zero, but you're not, you're not where you were. And now you're trying to figure out where the, you know, where is my happy spot? Where is that spot, my sweet spot where I can find that peace. And I feel, you know, balanced in my life and actually learning how to balance your life is kind of. I feel like the key after learning about your identity, I think a lot of those initial challenges where with your identity are, that's the difficult part. Cause I also think there's a grieving process that happens maybe like immediately or, um, kind of through those first few years with Mm -hmm. that identity. Cause you're grieving your identity and then you're, you're trying to come out of that and learn, okay, who am I? Let's not start over, but You know, new beginnings. We're transitioning. I've accepted where I where I came from, what I'm doing, and now I'm now I'm getting in that discovery mindset where I want to start getting curious about what else am I about, and then it's kind of getting that equilibrium and learning how to balance your life outside of that. So, like with the freedom being, you know, it could be a great thing, it can also be a negative thing, but that's in your hands now. Learning how to balance your freedom, learning how to how do I fuel myself well after sport? How do I work out? What does my motivation look like? What motivates me intrinsically? Like what gets me out of bed and why do I want to do it? Not what, you know, who can I put around myself to get me going? Because you need both. I talked to uh, somebody, he said similar, like in the similar sphere as me, his name's Corey Camp, but he asked a really good, Um, we had a great conversation about, motivation where you do need external motivation to get going but it's learning how to balance that with intrinsic motivation to keep yourself going and that all happens I feel like when you're in those years after you find your identity you know I mean not to compartmentalize it but I feel like that kind of is sort of the path I feel like a lot of athletes take
1: yeah and then like I like what you're talking about like the balance but also like having grace for yourself when you do drop something, Mm. Um, you know? Like, I think that's something athletes do a bad job at because we just naturally (laughs) want to beat ourselves up. We're like, no, grace who? Like, (laughs) um, (laughs) I should not have failed that or I should not have messed up that. And it's like grace abounds when those areas of your life drop off. And so just really learn to assess When your performance fails, grace abounds in that. That's good stuff right there.
0: (laughs) Dude, that is so good. So good. Grace is so needed. And it's crazy how it takes time too. I think, to learn how to apply that and how to relearn to treat yourself and love yourself. And like something God's been showing me is kindness and how much he loves me and how kind he is to me but that means that I can be that to myself and I am learning how to do that even more than when I initially you know finish my career but it is hard you go from you know critique 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 your whole life this needs to be better this needs to be perfect you cannot fail here like this has to be a certain way your coaches are expecting this you are expecting this of yourself. Your teammates are here. You can't fail your teammates. It means you fail yourself. It means you fail your team and your program and people are going to be watching you. So you can't fail them either. But it's, you don't have to do that anymore. It's just you. You are, it's a really like a, a performance of one person. You could either be your worst critic or your best, you know, your biggest cheerleader, which is cliche, but it's true, you know? And I think learning how to apply grace to that, is key but it's not easy.
1: Yeah, it's like learning the balance of your drive and your grace. It's Ooh. like it's okay to have the drive but also give yourself the grace because you're going to mess up and you're not going to be perfect and you are going to fail the people around you and coming to accept, acceptance of that and like saying I'm still going to work hard that's that's accepting of that but I'm also going to mess up. And so it's like it's just finding the balance of it and being true and authentic to who you are. Because I think we love others based off how we love ourselves, right? So if we're treating ourselves like that, how are we supposed to love our neighbor well? And so I think a lot of that has
0: to do with that as well. Yeah. Oh, Kayla, that's so good. <laughs> <laughs> so good. It's yeah, I mean, I think that helps with community too. like the more you learn about yourself and you learn that balance between having the drive and the grace and maybe like changing your perspective so that your expectations are not unattainable, because I think we put expectations on ourselves that are, you know, they are the highest expectations you could put for yourself, but anything less than that, you think you're failing. But what if you change your perspective to look, look at it as my expectation for myself is that what you're saying, I'm going to try my hardest, but I know something's going to fail because I'm not perfect. And so logically I can't be perfect and I will never be perfect.
1: Yeah. Yeah perspectives is a great word not to go on a tangent but perspective is tangent, something tangent.
0: I'm like okay
1: okay we'll go with tangent. so first pers- <laughs> I'm actually in a relationship and it's like one of the healthiest relationships I've ever been in and a lot of it has to do with perspective um, we talk about it all the time he grew up a totally different lifestyle than I grew up And the only reason that we can have a strong foundation is because we're able to see the perspective of each other's lifestyles and having perspective for somebody else's walk of life is something that not a lot of people talk about, right? Like we always want to look like the influencers online and like we all buy the same stuff and it's like, what's the perspective of the other side of things, you know? And so- Really diving into, you know, the why behind why people are doing what they do or the belief system that people have and just understanding the root cause of things really helps you understand the perspective of it. And so I think a lot of the times you need those people to like see the other side of it to call you out. Right. Like I remember me and you were at Bible study one night and I was, you were talking about starting your podcast and your job and like, you can see the skill set in both of those. And I just called it out and was like, Oh my gosh, MC you're, you're learning how to do your podcast skills inside your job currently. How cool is that? And it was like the light bulb went off for you and the perspective shifted. And so it's like, Having somebody else to be able to call you out on your perspective of things is where growth abounds, you know, like that's where we really can grow as people. And so in in our community groups, really seeing the perspective of everyone's situations and just coming together to help grow through that is something that I think everyone needs in their lives.
0: I 100% agree. And that was, <laughs> it was, it really was a light bulb moment. It was, it's crazy how you could, like I've say, like you could focus on critiquing yourself and not being where you want to be and having to think ahead. And if, if I was like looking back on, am I reflecting now? Yes, I <laughs> <laughs> will do a little reflection. But if I was in that season, I wasn't thinking about, all the scenarios that, you know, I could, or all the paths I could go down or like, is this going to get me to my goal or things like that? If I was just more present, I feel like that realization would have happened for me on my own. And I would have been like this, these two things make sense, but because I didn't slow down and give myself space and time to think about it and, you know, ponder that I missed it. But that's also the really great thing about having quality community about you, because you see my blind spots, you know, and I see your blind Mm -hmm. spots and Mm -hmm. you are stronger in things and other skills that I'm not in. And likewise, vice versa. And you need that because you can't be all the things. But like tying that back to, you know, your high expectations and failing, it's not really failing I feel like it's more like trial and error you're trying things and you're trying to see what works to fix the puzzle or solve the puzzle or find what you're good at outside of your sport it is a trial and error thing it's like finding enjoyment in life again outside of what you knew for your whole life you never had the opportunity to go play other sports like I picked up surfing and I'm not a great surfer but it was the best experience and not for the reasons that I thought I would be enjoying it. It wasn't because I was, yes, I'm athletic and like I did decently well at it. Not a great surfer again, but I was like able to get on the board and like not drown. So I think that's pretty good. But I got to see sunrises and sunsets and marine life and sea turtles and talk to other surfers and watch my surfer friends, you know, do all these amazing things. And I'm just like, they are so good at it. Like I've never been on the sideline able to watch somebody do something physically that I could not do or didn't take the time to learn or, you know, just being able to admire that in somebody else is so cool. Like it is such an interesting perspective, but yeah,
1: it's like being the team player, right? Like everyone, like learning different positions and accepting each position for what it is and knowing that you have to have all those team players to come together to be a team. um, And like each one plays a specific role. So I think that's kind of where the athlete lifestyle ties in is accepting your role as a team player in whatever community you're in at that moment. And I think that's something that you just kind of waver in and out of, you know, you're trying different things. You might be sitting the bench um, in your corporate job, like not getting to do fun things, but you're being, you still know how to be a team player, right? Because you have, you have that skill set. That is who you are.
0: (laughs) Such a good point. I want to Jump back to something else you said a little bit earlier. You mentioned that when you ended your career, you were in your job, you didn't really know how to eat and feel yourself and manage your physical health too. I mean, I probably have a very similar experience, but I want to hear yours. Well,
1: as a college athlete, you're forced to work out from like the day you come out of your mother's womb. Not really, but
0: (laughs) you're
1: you're like, hey, you have to work out. You need to be in shape, blah, blah, blah. So the day you graduate is the day that ends and it's a glorious day to have some rest days back to back to back to back to back, like no 5am alarms. And there is beauty in that. I loved working out in college, but I was burnt out after. I don't think I understood how nutrition tied into working out. Um, I just naturally was like, I'm young. I can eat what I want. So I went on that tangent. I ate what I want. I was working myself into the ground. My body was stressed out and naturally I gained a lot of weight and I was like what the heck I'm a college athlete why do I look like this like yeah I I worked out my whole life like just because I took a year off like I don't understand and so I had to be real with myself and be like Caitlin if you were eating this every day like how do you think you would look like you're not taking care of yourself you're not taking care of your body you're not feeling your body you're exhausted the transition of enjoying working out again and not punishing yourself because of like the meals you ate and like i think understanding that food is fuel and your movement is what your body needs in order to live healthy is something that i really had to adjust to i had to learn workouts that i liked um i still struggle with that um i've gone through I like cycle class, you know, I've tried all these different things. And so really understanding that feel is body and understanding what my body needs. Um, I learned how to count macros personally. And I think that really just helps me assess, like, what does my body need in order to feel good? I mean, that differs from everybody. So I'm no nutritionist, but uh, I enjoyed that. And then just learning how to move my body in a way that I enjoy and not a punishment. I think a lot of athletes come out of college and punish themselves in workouts because you're so used to going a thousand miles per hour in the weight room because you have to do all these crazy workouts. So naturally as an adult, you're like, let me murder myself in the gym for an hour because I ate Chick-fil-A nuggies last night, you know? And so it's like, move your body because it's healthy, not because you're it's punishment and you're forcing yourself to. Really finding the enjoyment in feeling your body in all the right ways.
0: My first episode was with a dietitian and she has a program for former female athletes. If there's someone listening that needs that, That is definitely a good spot to go to. And all her information is in the show notes for that. But she also harped on the same things that you're talking about, that you have the freedom to eat what you want to eat and take care of your body. And that exercise is a supplement to, you know, living a healthy lifestyle. It is not a means of punishment because you had a cookie yesterday. You are allowed to eat the cookie (laughs) it's not, you know what I'm saying? But it's hard. It's like (laughs) like that fear of restriction. Like you have that restriction, but I, at least for me, I went through her program. It was, it was control. And that's something that I've noticed in other areas of my life now too. But I think it started with that because my life felt so out of control without having soccer as some sort of structure and routine. That was the thing I knew. I was like, okay, like, I know I can control this. And I'm going to be super fit and super healthy. And that's all I'm going to be because I have to hold on to what I only know myself as. And what I don't know myself as is really scary. And I don't know if I'm going to like who I am. And I don't know if if I let my air quotes, if I let myself go, what will that look like? And, you know, it's funny when I was working with her because she, I mean, she, Teaches you how to eat so like I was and I took everything she said I did everything and had to fight what the thoughts in my head of like this isn't good for you blah 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 but I'm like this is like a trained dietitian she has more experience in showing people how to eat in a healthy way that's gonna you know benefit you than what you think or whatever crap you picked up on Instagram or whatever like your friends told you that there's no science backed behind it And I actually did gain weight and it was hard. And I, I was, I was like, I don't know if I like this, you know, I, I don't know if I feel totally myself, but it was almost finding that, that balance again of, well, I was restricting a lot. Now I'm (laughs) being very liberal with what I'm eating and not saying that I was like, I was balling out on on all the junk food or anything like that I was meeting things in like moderation but I was eating like way more fats and I was just eating a lot of healthy food that was super balanced but I was also eating good foods too like that I would go out with friends and all that and so I gained weight and I remember this time last year I was like I don't know if I feel good like I don't think I feel my best I think I like I did at one point and then I surpassed it and now I'm like, okay, but I've been here before. I have the tools now to learn how to find my equilibrium again. I'm like, well, what helps me get back to a, a weight that is my set point weight and what makes me feel the best at that weight? And if that's the weight that I feel the healthiest and the best at, and I've been on both ends of it, then that's, that's my healthy spot. And it doesn't matter what the weight on the scale is. I feel like I'm going on a tangent, but it doesn't matter what the number is on the scale. It doesn't matter. I feel like BMI is so ridiculous. I can't say BMI. Is. Oh my um, gosh. I've been overweight since like six then if BMI is the thing we're going. <laughs> right. Up. I'm like, I'm sorry, this is not <laughs> correct. <laughs>
1: yeah. Being athletes, like you're naturally, your weight's going to be heavier because of your muscle. And yeah, yeah that's another another tangent on its own but I think accepting your body for what it is and giving yourself grace when you do drop that ball and understanding that it's okay and you're gonna get back to your equilibrium and like understanding that the balance will you know it'll it'll come and go but like who you are is who you will always be kind of thing so it's like treating yourself with
0: kindness. Did you trust yourself coming out of your sport or was that something that you had to learn as you learned how to be you without it? I think it was
1: failure that really helped me trust myself, if that makes sense. I think I had to fall in my face in order to figure out where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do. I think that's kind of how a lot of people learn, you know, trial and error, just like your sport, you know, you could go out and I know for pitching statistics, you could go out and pitch a hundred pitches and 50% of those will be strikes on a good day, you know? And so it's like understanding that it's okay to fail and that you just can't stay there you gotta, you gotta get up and get on with it. (laughs) Pull up those bootstraps. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think comparison, bring it on. on I'm like, let me bring this home because I, my quiet time (laughs) was about comparison. (laughs) I struggle with comparison. I know a lot of women struggle with comparison and that's one of those things that it's, Yeah. Trial and error. You're going to, you're going to compare yourself a lot, probably once a day. You're going to, that thought's going to come through your head and it's going to try and steal your joy in that moment and try and stop you from doing what you're destined to do. And so I challenge everyone to really lean into those thoughts of comparison and say, why not me? You know, like, why can't I do this? And really lean into the opposite of why you're comparing yourself and doubting yourself. And I think that's when we really tend to grow is when we just do it, you know? Nike has the best slogan. I love Nike in general, but just do it, right? Don't compare yourselves and just show up authentically you and if you mess up you get to try again and I think as young adults um when you're finding your hobby or finding what you want to do I know for me I love photography and a lot of the reason I don't do that a lot anymore is because of comparison and it's like kick yourself in the butt and just start just start and just do it and you're naturally going to grow through it and it's going to come with growing pains, but it's how you move on from it and really just don't let
0: it steal your joy. Hey, thanks for giving this episode a listen. If this episode resonated with you, please leave a review and subscribe to the show on Apple podcasts. Oh, one more thing. Stay in the know on Insta, tag a former athlete, teammate, friend, foe, family member, you get the point. I would love to connect with you. Okay, friends, that is all she wrote. I'll see you next week.